0: 10. Episode 10. can't believe that 10. we made it to episode 10. 10. Yay! This is like nine more than I ever envisioned us doing.
1: Congratulations.
0: Next week, 10. we're going to have to start counting episodes on our toes. Toes? Run out of fingers.
1: But what if I'm wearing socks?
0: John, we're going <laughs> to get you those, those individual toed socks, you know, the oh, rainbow ones. Those are creepy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how. That's I don't how need I'm, to see your toes, people. Unless you're playing guitar with your toes, like that one guy on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty Shout sweet. Shout out to that guy. <laughs> I don't Welcome know your that, name, guy, but you, that's John, epic. we
0: haven't even said the title of our, of our podcast of yet. Our,
1: now that we've had 10 episodes. 10 episodes of Sharpen That Axe. That's
0: right. podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. I've gotten really good at
1: saying that. Yeah, you have. Thank you. That's good, because it means I don't have to say it. Yeah, man,
0: it's been an <laughs> uphill battle, but here we are, episode 10. So, kicking things off as ever with our lick of the week. The week, it's my turn, so I'm going to give you this. You were going all Brad Paisley last week. Yeah, but Mine's exactly. something a bit different. Okay. So, this is played on, uh, before we play this, played up on an electroacoustic guitar.
1: Okay. <laughs> Nice.
0: Yeah, I dig it. <laughs> oh man. So that is yeah. the song Ugly Cherries by the band Power Bottom who I saw Oh, okay. In Dublin not too long ago. It's, okay. it's weird. It's just a two-piece band. Uh, I think they bring on like a bass player and a drummer for some shows, but mostly it's just the two of them.
1: Yeah, it's a fun like man.
0: Yeah, it's great. It's really, really nice. It's just, it's weird because their songs are really talking about being gay in America and what that's like and being kind of pretty flamboyant. But man, they can play. Yeah. There's some real chops there. The guitarist, the lead singer, um, oh, I, I can't remember his name, uh, Mr. Powerbottom. Mr. Uh, <laughs> Uh, recently post he posted a picture on Instagram yesterday of some company have given him his like own Gibson Flying V. Cool. Uh, like, of course he could pull off the Gibson Flying V. Yeah. The makeup <laughs> and everything like that. So
1: yeah, great, great lick. John, yeah, how are you doing fun, this like, week? Uh, all right, man. All right. Settling into life without uh, this degree. So that's good. We have yeah. the degree. Yeah. We just don't have to do any more work really. Well, there's the thesis. Apart from the oh. thesis. But John. Yeah. Why don't you tell the listeners what your thesis is on, John? Your academic thesis? Yeah, my academic thesis is basically on on gent. <laughs> For the uninitiated,
0: <laughs> though a lot of our listeners will probably know what gent is. Can yeah. you explain to the uneducated? Because I'd never heard it before you actually
1: brought it up. Right. So the thing is, is like um, gent is, is really kind of a really broad term it's sort of an umbrella term that gets thrown around a lot um and of course the epic memes right now you can just google but does it gent and gent is spelled
0: d-j-e-n-t correct and so the
1: term th- comes from the band Mushuga and in particular um peripheries guitarist producer misha mansor who was just kind of coined the phrase, essentially referring to Mishuga saying, like, it makes this sound, and um, that's just that sort of arrhythmic palm-muted sound. Like, if you think of the sound of a palm-muted open string, it goes... I've never heard that before. Okay. So, um, that's where the term comes from, but it's been r- applied to a very broad spectrum of bands that Um, everything from Meshuggah to things like Scale the Summit, who use a lot of clean tones, Mm. um, who are less sort of uh, polyrhythmic in their guitar parts and that sort of thing, to bands like Periphery can be vocal, non-vocal. I'm going to kind of focus on the instrumental side of things. And what are you working on for your fantastic thesis?
0: Uh, Father John Misty, because academia is a sham, people. (laughs) An absolute (laughs) sham. A pool of money. Yeah. That is no longer ours.
2: Moving on. <laughs> Swiftly.
0: With oh, yes. The, with the swiftness. Let's, let's go quickly. To pedal talk. So rather than taking an individual pedal and breaking it down like we have been doing in recent weeks. Right. We are going to talk about signal path. Now, John, for the uninitiated mm-hmm. again, you are the uh, guitar Yoda. Please don't not speak about Yoda like Yoda for the rest of the episode. <laughs> that, yeah, but, I, I, I that don't think I would, could do that. That crap will get old. Yeah, exactly. Fast. Uh, anyway, get old Yoda. It would. Yes.
1: Uh, so, what is the the a voice? signal path? So, uh, yeah, just simply speaking, the the chain of your effects. So, so the from, running order, essentially. Yeah, from your guitar all the way through to your amp. So, um, everything in between. Yeah, exactly. Now, of course, we could get complicated and go to into effects loops. We're not going to do that. So. Um, and, of course, you can play with this order all you want, but this is kind of the general guidelines. Like, when you ask people, this is sort of what they recommend. Okay, um, so what, what is the, the common
0: order of pedals?
1: Yeah, I would, first, you'll go from your guitar into the most important piece of equipment any musician should have, which would be... Tuner.
0: Tuner, yes, exactly. Now, question about that. Yeah. Would the guitar go into the tuner
1: before the wah, or would the wah come afterwards? Um, I'm not sure it matters and there's different, different, different ways to do that as well. So mm. for example, if you have like, uh, the standard Ernie ball VP or VP junior, mm. um, it has a tuner out on it. So okay. essentially you just run into the volume pedal and then go to your tuner. Now, some people like if, if you've got your WA um, and we had this discussion a couple of weeks back, on whether or not you should have one. Everyone should probably have one. How often you keep it on your pedal board, I think, is that's yeah. a subject to it's debate. Um, but I think you could, you could go from your guitar to the wah to the volume pedal in this case, and the new tuner is out, um, mostly because you don't want the volume necessarily to influence the wah. Now, that said, if you're going to keep your volume up on the pedal while you're using the wah, no harm done. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that would be sort of that, that's your front order of things. I think that would be my my take on it. After that, um, you're gonna go into like your compressors. So after your volume pedal anyway, compressors, uh, equalizers, clean boosts, those sorts of things. That's okay. generally gonna be what comes after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, you start getting into your modulation effects. So things like your flangers, your phasers. Um, anything of that sort, maybe a chorus okay. vibrato. That's typi- chorus. typically where those are going to go. Um, and then after that, you'll move into your delays. Okay, but what about your distortion and your overdrive? Oh, right. I totally blew over the distortion and the overdrive. Okay, mm-hmm. so after, let's, let's back that up. Uh, after your compressor, and then your clean boost i would say that's that's where you're going to put your uh overdrive now you could you could put the clean boost after that as well mm-hmm. that's kind of up to you um if you want the clean boost before which is that's one of the things i like to do cuz that way when i mash on that it just pushes that overdrive signal a little bit more okay um which can kind of push you into a A more solo-oriented mode, or you can put it afterward, and you can have it so it boosts that overdrive signal. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So there's two ways to think about uh, your boost pedal and where you want that to go. Play around with it, see what works for you. Google, see what your favorite guitar players do, etc. Cool. Um, Rig rundowns are pretty big on premier guitar.
0: Yeah. Like like rig rundowns of famous players, really, really cool. That's that's
1: a yeah, that's an excellent place to start. Um, And then from there, you've got like like I said, your modulation effects chorus, flanger, etc., cetera, um, and then your delays. So once you're kind of into your delays, of course, you can stack those. We talked about it last week. Stacks you know, stacks yeah, if yeah. you've got four of them, you can line them all up right there if you want. Um, and then after that is reverb. Now, uh, I've seen some things where some people kind of debate where you place the reverb. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty well accepted, though, that generally that reverb is going to go after the delay to just kind of create more space for that delay. So the echo that you get from the delay is also then put into the reverb and it just kind of expands things. So when you've got both of those on, it just creates this like never-ending cascade of sound. (laughs) Hooray! Um, Which really just kind of fills that space, creates a nice ambiance. Oh my. Yes. Oh my. And then after that, for me, I have a, a tremolo. After that, okay, so, cool. Um, because then that that effect tends to sort of give a fake perception of of a depth and volume because of of how the effect works, um, and so I would rather have that um, at the end of the signal chain because otherwise it sounds like the delay itself is kind of ducking in and out. Yeah. So at the end of it. Um, it kind of creates, it takes that cascade of sound that you have, and then it sort of gives it a little bit of that tremolo effect to it. So um, it kind of adds to the whole swirling around your head. Gotcha. Effect. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So there you go. That's kind of your basic recommendations for signals. Cool. So
0: just a question about maybe, so say you're going from a a riff to a solo mm-hmm. or, and your pet, you've got your pedals in front of you. So say you're maybe using an overdrive. This is a personal question I'm going to ask. Maybe other people have uh, things as well. Uh, Thoughts on this? Leave a comment. Yeah, Yeah. Um, wherever comments are left. Uh, So I've got my overdrive pedal, and then I want to boost it. Should my boost pedal go right after the overdrive pedal then?
1: I would say so, yeah.
0: Yes, because you're, you're boosting basically everything that has come up until the boost pedal. Yeah, exactly. Okay,
1: cool. So, and then um, you could, the other thing you could do there too is like if you've got your overdrive pedal off. Yeah. Um, and you just kind of, you need a, a beefier clean tone. Like that's, for example, yeah. my RC booster. Yeah. Like anytime I've got a clean tone, that thing's on no matter what. Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> it's, yeah. So, signal Path matters
1: yeah absolutely absolutely because if you start mixing that stuff up um it can definitely change things now i've mentioned in the past that i put um i've been kind of playing around with this idea of placing my uh overdrive in front of my volume pedal oh you were saying that before yeah yeah weird um yeah exactly <laughs> but the idea is like if i want to be able to swell with that distorted sound or that overdriven sound that's how I'm going to accomplish that particular task and still maintain the rest of the signal and maintain the rest of uh, like the amp sound coming out of it. So um, that's something to play around with. I don't recommend it for everybody, but if it's something you're interested in, if you find you like it, why not? I mean, there's no wrong answers when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, it's but, trial and error. Really. <clears throat> yeah, but it will affect kind of your overall outcome of the sound you're producing. And you might come up with something cool if you mix it up, or you might come up with something that's complete crap. Yeah. But, you know. You said that there's no wrong way to do things, but I recently, about a year
0: ago, I saw Biffy Clyro, mm-hmm. and I just, I didn't like the tone. I do not know what it was doing. Because it's, it's a big rock three-piece yeah. band. And he's playing through, like, a single-coil strat, which is a bit okay. And then the dude has, like, two two boss metal zones. Oh, yeah. okay. So that's right. maybe, yeah.
1: So so maybe there is a wrong maybe way to do things. Maybe there's a wrong way. If, if it involves a rat or a boss metal zone, then, yeah, that might be the wrong way to do things yeah. in general. Be <laughs> wary. Be wary. Anyway. um, For
0: episode 10, we are going to do something a little bit different. We were having an interview, our interview with Colin last, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Went really, really well. So we're going to, we have another interview uh, lined up for you guys today. It's with, uh, he is a guitarist, an author. Uh, He has a book out called Using Your Buzz to Play Guitar. And he's currently based in Cork City. He's from New Zealand originally. Yeah. Uh, And we brought him into the studio, studio with... Quotation, quotation fingers, <laughs> and uh, we talked to him about it. So this is Ryan Kershaw, uh, who was very gracious to give us some of his time. We're here with him. Um, we're here with Ryan Kershaw, um, from you're from New Zealand. John Redmond Street. John Redmond. <laughs> God, the cork accent.
2: I yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah. Excellent. So Ryan, who are you, and what are you doing? here? Uh, yeah, well, I, I'm a museo. i'm primarily. Number one, yeah, so, uh, but I guess the main thing I do is I combine personal growth with music education. All right, wow. So, um, you know, I've chatted you before a bit and you've read my book, Mm -hmm. Um, Use Your Buzz to Play the Guitar, which basically uh, comes from a lot of the stuff that went on in my past, you know, with depression and and, uh, different, well, different challenges in life, Mm. the whole list, which everyone goes through stuff. But uh, what I ended up doing was turning a lot of those challenges that I faced, uh, personally and as a musician, into what I do to teach and to help. So basically to help other musicians get through all the crap that can come up. Cuz as you guys know, pro- you know there's a lot of it to be yeah. honest. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <Sometimes> <laughs> and yeah. all those yeah, the, 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 all
0: those parts of it, the Yeah,
2: So that's basically what I do. So the uh and there's different areas that come into it, um, time management, confidence is a big one mm. for musicians, uh, songwriting and then yeah, everything guitar wise. Não. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And it sounds very all-encompassing. Like it's, not yeah. just, it's not just it's not technique. It's it's so many
2: other. No, things well, you. like you guys, are, uh, uh, that's why I love listening to your podcast because there's much more to learning an instrument than just sitting down and bodybuilding. Mm. Yeah. So you know, just... yeah, yeah, uh, that's certainly a part of it for when you need it. But I mean, everything else that goes on in your life affects your inspiration. It affects how you're feeling as you compose. Mm-hmm. So it it makes sense to get those areas a little sorted or at least expand your knowledge on those areas so you can, you know, work on the whole thing. God, that sounds great. And and, uh, how has the book been received? Good. Yeah, Yeah, really good. Um,
0: I really enjoyed reading it. I, I oh, really awesome. When I was working in Mayo Cafe and there was no customers, it was just me. Yeah. It was great. No, it's a really cool because I never come across, because there's so many guitar instructional bo- books out there, but that's, it's, it's something different. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I don't know
2: which section of the music shop you'd find it in. <laughs> no, no. Um, and it, it, it can be a little tricky describing it to people, because I mean, uh, yeah, I, I guess, Store owners are a little used to the mainstream or what mm, they've always had. Right, so. Yeah, of course. But uh, for the people that have read it, and it's really it is there is that gap there, and that's what I noticed as a teacher as well. Because as a as a guitar teacher, I taught over the years people from all walks of life, mm-hmm. um, it, it, any, from gang members of people that have been in prison, going through tough times like that, to um, you know very straight laced people that just want to compose more. Uh, Traditionally, to just everything is too much to kind of go in one or two sentences. But um, and so it it just naturally evolved in my teaching that I (laughs) I was talking through the sessions more about you know what's happening in their life and everything and how it's affecting their music. Absolutely, as well as just well here's a G chord, here's a C chord. Right. So I I felt there was a need to do that. In
1: in some ways, like teaching can almost be more uh, just it's it's more relational. Than it is necessarily just sharing information. Yeah, yeah, you know. Very so much so. Um, I'm I'm kind of curious. I mean, you start off the book with that first chapter, like how to learn, redefining study. Like, talk a little bit about that. Mm. And talk about this yeah. idea of like reconceptualizing what we mean by studying an instrument.
2: Yeah, well, the traditional, I, I guess, viewpoint of looking at study is sitting down, you know, getting this stack of books that you don't necessarily like, <laughs> and uh, right. having to memorize the um, Mel Bay books. What's that? The Mel Bay books. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, no. <laughs> 99, 99. <Yeah. laughs> learning Yankee, Little um, Dandy. Yeah, you know, and just having to memorize these things that are like, well, here's the test we're going to have for everyone. Uh, mm. It's like that cartoon on, that you've seen on, you know, about, um, oh, I can't remember was, the Einstein quote about, we're not all yeah, fish, you know, exactly, we learning yes. yeah, So, um, yeah, and it's just, it's not that, not that way. Not everyone needs right. the same things at the same time to pass the same memorised questions on a test. I mean it's you know, so with with study it's um, kind of realizing that everyone does study, just mm-hmm. not perhaps not in the traditional way. Right. Mm. So for those that think they don't study, if they just have a think about it, they realise they might have picked some things up from their parents, mm-hmm. you know, the old ways that they learned or did things. So they're taking things in and they're studying, whether it's in the traditional sense or not is another yeah. Matter, yeah. You know? processing information. Yeah. And yeah. 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 Yeah, so it just pays to kind of redefine what you think studying is and then it, it kind of helps unlock that or get rid of that barrier of thinking of study as a bad thing. Yeah. And, and realizing you can study in your own way. You know? Right. So, yeah. Mm.
1: That that's, makes that's Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that's good. That's yeah. good. That's good. I like it. I mean that's that is one of the things like I've had to come across like also as a teacher. Just like study's not a bad thing, but at the same time realizing that everybody learns a little bit different. Yeah. You know. And so
2: how do how do you help someone to learn in their manner? You know? Yeah, yeah. And and you'll probably notice too, one of the things that you can do is if you actually talk with them and communicate, right. you find out their likes and what they're into. So if they're into a sport, for example, you can relate things like learning technique to a sport. So Absolutely. when you kick a soccer ball, you might use a certain part of your foot to curve the ball in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might learn these different techniques so that when you play a game, you can put it all together. Right. And it's the same thing when you're learning the guitar, you might learn the different techniques on their own so you can strengthen them uh, more than just randomly trying to play. Yeah. And then what the song is for is to kind of put those different techniques together as well. So if the person likes, uh, uh, no. I'm not going to say rugby because the Kiwi thing, but. Yeah. yeah, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> that's I like fine, rugby. That's, that's fine. I like <laughs> rugby. <laughs> yeah. But if they do, you know, yeah. they, you, you can relate some of those things or sports players or that to their learning. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if they like ballet, exactly the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Shared kind of aspects. Mm. Yeah. And of all the,
0: the different topics you cover in your book, which do you think, if you could add to pick, if you could only teach one to a musician, what would it be? If you could take one maybe trick from here
2: yeah there's a, there's a couple and that's kind Jeez. of why I'm hesitating because uh, um, I think the first thing is something that I learned from the speaker and author Jack Canfield and he learned it from one of his mentors but it was basically E plus R equals O so event plus response equals outcome okay so you can't always control what happens Mm -hmm, But you can control your response to it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to affect the outcome at the end. And I think if you if you always remember that with your learning, Mm. especially if you're trying to progress professionally in a career, um, that will help you in the long run because there's going to be a lot of setbacks that happen. So if you're just getting knocked about every single time, and just going, you know, getting uh, bashed about by it, that's going to limit how you progress. So I think that one and, and just taking responsibility. But one of the other beneficial things is to zoom in on a technique. So I'll, I'll mention that one because it's more guitar-based specifically, mm-hmm. not just personal growth stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, there's a, a track on the internet that you can find, and it's where I make uh, dolphin and whale sounds with the guitar. Cool. Cool. Kind of like sonar mm-hmm. sounds. And that, basically, a bit of it was pick slides and stuff, you know. So, <laughs> oh, wait, so I've got to throw some in there. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> Not the 80s Van Halen kind of <laughs> How do I make a dolphin sound, through the phaser? Yeah. But um, the, the way I was able to do that was because what I used to do a lot was just zoom in on, say, a pick slide. Now, instead of being taught what a pick slide was or, or looking at it and then just doing it, I'd actually sit there for ages and just go, well, what happens if I just do a slow you know, versus a fast pick slide? Right. And I'd zoom in on that technique. Oh, technique. Cool. You know, so then you'd yeah, notice. Sliding as a technique, <laughs> yeah, cool, yeah. Well, yeah. A- anything to make sound and express what it is you've got in there. So I noticed that if you do it slow, it kind of sounds almost like a dog barking. And then if you do it, you know, medium pace, it's like a grinding of a door, obviously. Mm-hmm. But then if you do it uh, fast, it has a totally different sound altogether. Absolutely right. And that, sometimes for inspiration even, that's enough to spark off an idea because then that, you go, oh, that sounds cool. And that's all you need, you know, Mm. it's just playing, always trying to play. I like that. So I think, yeah, zooming into techniques is really beneficial. Yeah,
0: that's cool. And apart from the book, can you tell us about, because I saw you've done workshops around Cork. Yeah, uh, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about them?
2: Yeah, so um, the five five workshops I usually do, uh, one is making a living from music, the second one is songwriting, the third is confidence, Fourth is music organisations that can help you if you're, you know, into doing music as a profession. And uh, the last one is time management. So the one I I did first in Cork was kind of an intro to those, which was creativity and success. And it was really interesting because it was, you know, when I was telling people about it, it was good. But I remember one guy going, oh, no, we haven't got stars in our eyes, mate. Mm -hmm. And they totally got the... Well, I won't say wrong, but a, a different impression of what I actually meant by success. It wasn't wasn't like uh, you know uh, get, buying all this gear and walking around like an idiot, saying that you've got lots of money and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. It was actually talking about the different internal conflicts that can come, even just hearing the word success for right. a lot of artists. Yeah, you know, and yeah. how you he's got a different image, kind yeah, of. Yeah, means, yeah,
0: absolutely.
2: And it was more about combining creativity successfully and what that means and um so I, I kind of had little samplers of each workshop in there um and and mixed it in but it was really good It sounds great yeah, oh, yeah. cool
0: very yeah. cool i so, saw like a, a jam that you did maybe towards the end just you and an acoustic guitar kind of shredding away. Oh, it's really really yeah, cool yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's nice that you remember that yeah absolutely and um so what's 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 the next thing for you
2: well, I'm, pr- I'm looking at doing a songwriting seminar in about eight weeks, Cool. so just kind of looking around at venues at the moment and things like that, because I've got this other, the single coming out and things, so it's just a matter of timing, um, because I'm re- releasing my next book, uh, Make Money Teaching Guitar, <laughs> oh, at, 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 the, at the same time, <laughs> wow. so, so there's a bit going on, so it's just a matter of timing everything, and yeah. God, that sounds great. So I'm wow. going to need a copy of that. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: John's been teaching for a really long time. I started teaching about maybe three months ago. And I remember finishing my first lesson. And I was teaching basically basic chords to a taxi driver who was maybe in his 50s and has always wanted to learn. And then he gave me 20 euro at the end. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I, was like, yeah, yeah. I, I was just like buzzing for the rest of the week. So I was like. It was like the easy, like I, 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 didn't even consider that a job or anything like that. It was yeah. just, um, I was like, so now it's just, just a weekly source of income. That it's just, it's a half an hour that I enjoy, you know, something can look yeah. forward to, me, yeah. which yeah. Is great. So I suppose we've all got different experience of teaching, but I'm still really fresh and I'm loving it. Man. Awesome, it's so great. Yeah, because you learn so much about yourself. You really have to think about what you're
2: teaching, and yeah, you, yeah, it's one, it's, it's great. And John's been, Jan's yeah. a, a veteran of the game. Even exactly. <laughs> a long time. Yeah. Oh, wicked. No, you learn so much from it. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's great. Cool, John. Have you any other questions for me?
1: Um, sure. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of curious. Like, talk a little bit more about sort of uh, the mindset for creativity. What happens mm. when you have like a really crappy? Yeah, day, I was gonna ask. That, you know, though. and you, and then you have to go into the recording studio. Like, how do you how do you face that challenge, and how do you recommend other people do?
2: Okay. It, it totally depends on the situation. So there's, like with everything, there's not a one key for all. Mm. Um, I, for me, going in, specifically going into the recording studio, yeah. it kind of gets me out of that. That's my one thing that's really, you know, okay. most time. So I actually... You just leave it at the door. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I actually had a, a disagreement with someone, as happens, you know, uh, close to me in the, during the last recording. Mm. This, this was only last week or okay, whatever. So it, it could have affected me a little bit. But yeah. I, I guess after a while, and having studied the personal growth and, and doing a lot of work on myself, I knew that a lot of the times when these things come up, especially if it's with someone else, mm-hmm. just stepping back and giving it time or giving yourself time to actually just simmer down or get into whatever you're doing, right? not get wound up... Uh, Emotionally or about being right Mm. and then doing what you need to do and just playing music and then maybe coming back to it And you know reassessing it a bit with a level head Um, And just stepping back and looking at where you are. I mean even with something uh, with I mean with your studies Mm -hmm. You could come to this place every day and just get sick of it and not really realize the beautiful old windows that are there or just the the fact that you're in a, wait, wait. a place this room of has a window. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, we're we're in the last last week of a of a.
0: Uh, I don't want to use the word grueling, but uh, it, intense. No, it has. Been. So so that's, that's been. the perfect time because yeah.
2: you're at that stage where it's just like fuck, me. you know, you you're tired, everything's going on. Uh, that's the perfect time to stop and actually sorry, and just stop for five minutes, and not have to do anything. Yeah. Not have to be a personal growth professional, you <laughs> yeah. know? Not have to be a master guitarist, <laughs> just stop and just chill out. And that's as simple as it is, but it's the truth, mm, so, you know? That's and that's, that's how I would do it, and yeah. then get on to playing music. Because uh, especially in a, if you're chasing it in a professional sense, mm-hmm. that, that kind of chasing uh, or the stresses about trying to do it professionally can overpower the joy of just playing music. And uh, if if you can realise that, then the music will actually bring you out of that state most times. Ah, I like that. That's good. Mm. Does that make sense? That sounds great. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah. I, I have one more question. And um, just with regards to resources like out there that you would recommend, and um, just with regards to either becoming a better player, because you go online, you type. I want to be a better guitar player. Apart from buying your book, of course. What would be like the, the um, what would be like the, the one of the best resources out there that has helped you? Would it be like a magazine or a website or a YouTube guy or
2: okay? And not not to not to kind of mention the book overly. No, nope. it's well, what it is. But it is <laughs> so, something that I say in the book is to learn from all resources. So even yeah. even in there, it's me teaching, of course. Mm-hmm. But I say don't just learn from me yeah uh, learn from everywhere mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you might find okay. you know instructional video it's all you can learn because people say I'm kinesthetic listener or I, I like visual things but truth is you can learn all all different ways so um, it pays to listen to things to watch different things to you know and it sure beats watching the news but there's a whole another topic um, so I, I would say it's a matter of getting online uh, or to a local teacher someone in person who can guide you with that? Yeah. Um, and then just sticking to what is working for you. Just it's just being aware it's like everything you know it's being aware of what's going on and um, you'll listen to your I, I call it your practice conscience. So if, if in your mind you're going I shouldn't really be following this direction mm-hmm. then don't. Yeah you know or if if, you, if your kind of intuition tells you that this person's a good teacher or uh, they're coming from a genuine place, you can learn a lot, then that might be the path to go down. Um, but yeah so that's what I would say is is try a few different teachers you know and of course I've certainly got a lot of stuff online that you can check out because that's what I do that's what I've dedicated my life to (laughs) so so
1: where can we find out more about you and what you got going on
2: cool well yeah you can check it out just ryan-kershaw.com how do you spell Kershaw? Uh, K-E-R-S-H-A-W Great. So you great. even yeah. pronounced it wrong there. Good thing yeah. you asked. <laughs> yeah, I do exactly. have the time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, that's great. Ryan, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate you. Oh, and you're welcome. you yeah. in
0: A couple of weeks or whatever, and it's really, yeah. it's really exciting to have our first in-person interview. Yeah. I well, think we wrong. nailed it. Go team. <laughs> Go team. <laughs> Thanks very much, Ryan. Was our interview with uh, teacher? I, I, I'd love to find out what he, how he basically musical entrepreneur, musical entrepreneur. <laughs> life coach, guitar player, uh, Ryan Kershaw. Um, it was really fun. I really enjoyed doing that. Yeah.
1: It was really nice to meet him. It was great for him to come on down. So yeah, he Um, showed us
0: his new book, uh, how to make money teaching guitar, I think was it? Yeah. Yeah. That's not out yet. No, but yeah, we we were very lucky to get a, get a copy of it. Sneak
1: peek. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I really appreciated this idea of kind of really it's, it's a gratitude mindset of Mm. being thankful for like the opportunity to sit down and be creative in the first place, absolutely. Uh, you know, things may not be working out in your life exactly like you want, but you know, the fact that you have a guitar and you have the time to sit down and do this, like, that's a step in the I right direction. You have hands; not you, everyone has hands, <laughs> right? Like the YouTube guy yeah. with his toes, he makes it work. Yeah, exactly. But it, I'm sure that guy's. It, if you look at the videos for him, he's grateful that he's playing guitar. Yeah, even absolutely. with toes. So yeah, there you go. It's a um, yeah. It's it's just such a
0: it's such a cool kind of Venn diagram of guitar instruction and, you know, becoming a better individual. Yeah. And I really like how he's kind of, he's gotten that, uh, that kind of
1: that corner middle down. middle ground. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, 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 a it's a good good example of skill stacking. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So moving on to what we've been listening to. So, or what we've been working on.
1: Yeah. How about what we've been working on? Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> John,
0: <laughs> we have this written down somewhere. I, I think I... Somewhere the in the show notes. Somewhere in the show notes. All right. Uh, John, can you talk to us about what you've been uh,
1: Yeah, absolutely. So kind of nerd time here, but uh, I've been- Nerd time from you. I know. Kel's who would have thought? Uh, new ways for me to use the altered scale. So that's new ways for me, not necessarily new ways for you or any of you jazz nerds who might be listening to this. You all know the altered scale and you all know how it works and where it goes. Great same here but the point is like what other context can i use this in and that's kind of what i wanted to explore um so for those of you who don't know the altered scale is it essentially goes one and then it's a flat two a sharp two or nine if you're into the jazz thing three uh flat five sharp five and then a flat seven that's very altered john yeah it's very altered so the idea is it goes over um any sort of altered chord, uh, which would be like a flat 13 chord or something okay. like that. Um, and usually over one of those dominant chords, like in a 2-5-1 in the case of a minor. Um, super nerd talk. That is we'll super nerdy. we leave it there. But anyway, just kind of playing around with that um, and seeing where else I can use it, where else it goes, how to play it, um, different techniques. So in the past, I've talked about You know, Alan Holdsworth, uh, he's got some great examples of kind of some awesome legato licks using this scale. Um, Of course, you know, all the nerdy gent bands are going to use this, Animals as Leaders use it, Periphery uses it, et cetera, et cetera. So um, there's a lot of different ways to play it and a lot of different things to look at. And so I was like, I'll spend some time being more familiar with it and more familiar in the ways I can use it. Cool, man. What about yourself?
0: Sounds great. Uh, I've been working on a few things. Mm. Uh, just, I, I string skipping is a big thing for me that I kind of want to get down. It's it's one thing. Paul Gilbert has some really cool exercises on that. So yes, we'll, he that's does. Great. Any uh, artists that you would recommend for me to improve my string skipping? String another?
1: skipping. There's uh, one of my favorite exercises to work on. String skipping is actually in the intro from Cliffs of Dover. Cool. Yeah, it's
0: a really musical example as well. Yeah,
1: it is. He climbs up the scale. Um, or he climbs up the fretboard rather using these big, um, just their, their basic chord shapes is, yeah. is what they are. Um, and a couple of inversions as he goes up and it's right there in the middle of that intro and it's a good, it's a good example. You got to go back to that, man. Uh, Petrucci's got some good exercises as well for string skipping. Cool. So yeah, that's, I, that's one of the, my favorite exercises to work on. So, Great. I will definitely,
0: yeah. definitely check that out. And what, what have you been listening to?
1: Okay, so The Aristocrats. This is ah, Guthrie Govan's Supergroup. Yeah, essentially. essentially uh, and their album, Tres Caballeros. Caballeros. Yeah, yeah, with the, the rolling of the R. You and your fantastic Spanish. Sharpen your guitar. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is the word? What's X in I don't know. Oh, come know. on. You let me down. You broke not my very heart, really Dylan Murphy. Language. Oh.
0: Go on, tell me, Govin
1: and Co. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this this is their album from 2015, and um, when are you guys gonna come out with more material? Come on, uh, and a tour to boot. Like we all need to see these guys on the road more. So yeah. Um, but if you don't know Guthrie Govin, uh, have you ever seen him in
0: any form before? Playing? No, I haven't. Unfortunately, he seems like such a nice guy. He's just
1: yeah, he's, he's super casual. I studied with uh, someone who'd played with him a couple of times and she's, she said like he's nicest guy in the world uh, but he is like, so locked into guitar all the time. Yeah. You have a mug that says it looks like I'm listening to you but actually, I'm playing guitar in my I head. Do have that mug. Yeah. And Thank apparently, that is that is Guthrie Govan, like, all the time. He's oh, yeah. not engaged with you at all. <laughs> he's playing a guitar lick in his head. That's so. <laughs> unsettling. A yeah. <laughs> and if you watch some of the videos you, uh, of him on YouTube, you can kind of, like, you can kind of see that mentality. That's like, where his brain goes. Yeah. He's he's showing you a lick, but his brain is already, like, four minutes elsewhere <laughs> playing a different lick. Four <laughs> so, minutes into the lick. Yeah. Exactly, and what about you? What is interesting and new in your ears?
0: Well, John, as as you know, I am a big advocate of a uh, spot Prime or Spotify Premium, as uh, you might say. Yes. And one of the things I really like about Spotify, now I know it's killing the music industry and whatever, mear, 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 mear. but I, uh, I they, what they I do is they have these. Um, this is playlists. Now I found that okay, getting a greatest hits album is is fine. But if you want something with a bit more meat, uh, Spotify does these, this is. So uh, there's like, I, I found that this is Tom White's playlist, which is really, really nice oh, to have. On. But the one I've really been looking at is that this is Joe Bonamassa: uh, Oh one, interesting. Which is really interesting because it's got that lots guy of
1: creates r- so much stinking music. He does It's and amazing. Like he's
0: got super groups and he's got guest spots, and he's got live albums. I think he was in like the Albert Hall. So this is a really nice kind right. of collection. Of everything, and it's 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 a playlist, so it gets updated on a regular basis. So you're wow. not going to get the same thing every time. So yeah, I think it's really really good. Excellent.
1: He's a crazy player.
0: Not mad about yeah. the singing. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I've never been overly impressed with it, but you know, again, like as a guitar player. Yeah, it's it's yeah. yeah you're
0: not listening to this guy for the deep lyrical content. you're listening Right. To this for the the how many notes can you burst into? Know, into a bar. A blues, blues playing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Beautiful.
0: I saw him a few years ago San Antonio for and he is just a, a beast, a beast of a guitar player. Excellent. Cool. I think that's all we got time for today, John. Yeah, I think so. Good so, episode.
1: this has been episode 10. All 10 of them.
0: Episode 10. We've now released more episodes than there have been Star Wars films. Mm, Fast that's and right. Furious Take films. that, George Lucas. Take just it.
1: barely on the on the Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah, we just did. Th- they're at eight. So. Oh. <sighs> As long as we... They're going to catch up.
0: Days, <laughs> Probably by next week. At this rate <laughs> with The Rock. Uh, yeah, that's all we got time for today. Anyway. Friends, stay sharp.